Welcome to the Don't Die Podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, ladies and gentlemen. And we have a very special podcast today. The most requested guest over the year and a half of Don't Die, everybody says, why is this Frenchy guy not on Don't Die? Why is he dead? Why is he not on there? Because there are so many Frenchy stories, it's, they're too numerous to mention. And today we have Frenchy the Frenchman, Patrick French, legend. Been, been busy. <laughs> You're a hard worker. Raising, have to be. Raising girls and pounding nails. Yeah, what did you call me? The hardest working man in sobriety <laughs> yeah, one time. The, the roughest, toughest, most uh, perseverant sobriety I've ever seen. Painful sobriety. Painful. Physical Pain, pain. Painful right now with your elbow surgery. Yeah, that's, that's just a little bump in the road, a little fix. So I've always wanted to... Basketball de- injury. I've always wanted to demystify all the stories and a lot of times you get called a fucking drug dealer like by Flea in the documentary, but you Heroin were not. Dealer. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you were not. You were just a friend. You were the harmonica player in the band, and you happened to have a tremendous habit and a tremendous get-up-and-go to go get it. <laughs> get up and go get go cop. <laughs> you were the king of it. Well, right? yeah, and I had my little clientele of... All of us. <laughs> well, there, there was better guys than you guys, like the... <laughs> Yeah, the, the rat that guys, had the guys jobs. in the rat, the guys in bigger bands, and guys that were like in the film business and starting to those kind of people that had like good jobs and money coming in all the time. Or and so I've always wanted to clarify. You mean they were not too chicken to go anywhere to get, to get you to come down in price and stuff? What was that? Not everybody tried to get you to come down in price and tried to give you stuff for free. Get stuff for free. Just me. It's the guy sitting next to me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was. You know, I was Frenchie's little pet. I just lived in the living room there. Yeah, there was times when we were roommates. Yeah. Well, I didn't have a place to live, and you had a place to live. So that makes us roommates. And it was going off. That was a neat place, Frenchie. Like, you could see the Hollywood sign from there and uh, your your little house there on... uh, Coanga. The nice one. With all the the good neighbors. It got worse as the years wore on, down to Westmoreland... No, I was on St. Andrews. St. Andrews. That was a good spot, though. That but was not a good spot. That was like the roommate choices there got a little <laughs> sketchy with the Robert. English? Remember Robert? Yeah. <laughs> I love Robert. He's sober. He's sober. I know. Poor Ro- Curtis. Rest in peace. Robert is a part of the story too. So, so Frenchie was just a, a Hollywood musician. You know, played with everybody. And just fell into his lap that, like, hey, I could cover my habit by middleman being the middleman for all these bands, and and that was so many great things happen at your house. That's a, the first time I ever saw Allison Chains was at your house, not on TV. Right. <laughs> Rest in peace again. Oh, oh, yeah. So, but but you know, a lot of the things in my life involve you, the national anthem. Um, you know, Thelonious Monster on tour and all the death and destruction that that was. I saw an article. Did you see that article that got reposted after 30 years? Robert Hilburn article? No, there's another one of oh. Night Flight. Oh, no. So it talks very candidly about the chaos that we were. Did you, because you were in other bands. You were in the Red Devils or you played with them. You played with the Blasters. You played with other people. Jones' Thel- Hangman. Yeah, yeah was Thelonious Monster maybe. the worst drug addict band of all time? Like even well, to compared, I always say, even compared to Guns N' Roses were pussies compared to us. Well, definitely. <laughs> all, all of our bands had some issues. I mean, the Joneses, Jeff yeah. Drake. Well, he was a bank robber. Yeah, though. he did a little bank robbery stint. <laughs> In, but, the, in the federal pen, but um, but I don't think it was as. Can I preface that you guys when I when you first started playing, you guys were really crappy. We were really bad. The drugs made wise, us but good. We all kind of the drugs you know, made us good. Think yeah, about that. We started getting better. You were good when you would bug people and play acoustic and come to a cafe and be out in the alley. But you know, right? We, See, so you had the whole you had the whole same attitude as I. I looked at him and went, "They have glasses. Look at him. I know. Nerd rock. Why would I ever want- well, we only we yeah. the no pussy tour of 1993. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but so 
the drug world was very different here in Hollywood than it is probably anywhere else, where you you knew a hundred heroin addicts, and you just became the middleman for about fifty of them, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and then I became your constant companion because I was always out of money. For you some and reason. whatever uh, chick I. Yeah, had as a many came and went through that a, house. Well, a few. I tried to stay with, you know, one chick at a time, but they would be, they couldn't hang. Like their their habits would get bad, and well, someone in their family would. Here, I've risk had this them away experience. And then, you, know. you know, I'm now an addictionologist. So there's a big thought that once a heroin addict, always a heroin addict. You have to go to AA the rest of your life, or you'll die. I know in, in my personal life, there's been several relationships I had that the girl became a heroin addict. As soon as she got away from me, she wasn't yeah. a heroin addict yeah. anymore. <laughs> How do you explain that, Dr. Drew? Ah, <laughs> I think well. they're normies. You know that just, I mean? That's not about the parents. <laughs> it was not about trauma. It was about there's a there's there were a normies. Real, that it's were, the romantic notion that right. drugs are that nobody emphasizes in addiction treatment. It's romantic. It was or well, it was. I don't think it's romantic anymore. I think people are using drugs for different reasons now, and they just want to die. And that's what this podcast was responding to. Like, why do twenty two year old kids tell me constantly they don't care? If they if there's fentanyl and they're dope and they die, they don't care. They don't have anything to live for. That was not the three of ours life. That that's completely opposite of what I just wanted to have fun and push the envelope and don't get killed. Don't get yeah. killed. Don't die. Just like have but fun. You do get into that frame of mind after the addiction gets really hopeless. I think because you age. Yeah. Yeah. When you're old and you're a junkie, it's not a good look. <laughs> Frenchie, you want to you want to go into well, that? Well, no, I mean, I got <laughs> you got I was, sober. I was not that old yet, uh, late thirties, and then I was when 35. you're in your count, you when you're 30? thrown into county jail, and you're just living with just nasty the the actual old county L.A. jail, and then you end up getting beat to death, nearly to death by the cops, and just that that, and you have a brand new baby daughter because that's my story. I too. know that's it. You know that becomes. That becomes a good turning point. Do you remember when you got out of jail? I met with you and your ex-wife, and you we were, were never married. Well, okay. Well, you had two I children. I definitely have to pay, put, no, that's the paint that story for my, just, my beautiful new girlfriend. She does not want to hear that I was married. You had two children. Anyway. Right. So you I only came had one to my, at that I was, time. I was living in Melrose District. You came by, and you just got out of jail, and you were talking about you wanted to get a lawsuit against the LAPD. And I said, Frenchie, why don't you just stay clean? Yeah. And you were like, no, I need to get a lawsuit it against was you the and LAPD. Brian, <laughs> Brian Small were my Eskimos to get me to yeah. uh, Were you Buddy in the Arnold. Twin Towers? Yeah, he was in there for I was months. in the old county. Well, the one oh. they want to tear down now, they're talking about tearing it down. Oh, really? I was never in the Twin Towers, but I went out to Wayside. Wayside's where I was. Yeah, which is gnarly in its own right. Yeah, it's but a I had to safer. come back because I had a it's child. It's safer, actually. I had a child. They give you a job uh, out there and stuff. I had a child case, so I had to come back and forth. And so a lot of times when you get transferred, you get lost in the old county you uh, were in county is. he was in county jail he got beat up bad by the cops they broke his shoulder he wanted to sue them brian and i convinced him that's not something to focus on focus on staying clean and you did in the face of enormous enormous unfairness poverty just craziness and and part of my sobriety is if frenchie can stay sober with the shit that's happening to him i can fucking stay sober Yes. Right, he had a broken shoulder. He Tough. had an addict partner. He had a child that was taken away that his mom was looking after. He had no place to live and no money, and he fucking stayed sober. That's amazing. And so all these kings and queens and princes and princesses of the modern day addiction, I, I just, I don't know. Like, how did you stay sober through all that discouragement? You know that the the. the gnarly pain and all that of, of the jail and, and i know i came out and i had these still some wild hair aspirations but that beat down was like my second you know how you have that awakening they so the first awakening the cops, let's go through it so the cops are beating you with a well, stick fir first awakening was getting putting my hands up to surrender which is not like an aa surrender and putting them <laughs> behind my back with the guns at my head 
two days after Clarice was born. Oh my god! In, in Silver Lake area there, Koreatown, and going to jail, and and knowing that it was like a third time I've been busted in within the last like four months. Oh, and then yeah. a side story that's even crazier: my brother's family knows the arresting officer. That was like just crazy stars aligned. But when they when I had that in that thing in the jail where the guy had a seizure and then I just got caught up in it and they beat the shit out of me and Mace the black guy beat the white guy, you know, that was like a second just moments of like, you know, I'm seeing my life before my eyes and that in, having that injury and all that weight, you know, as they call it bricks or whatever on your shoulders, literally having a broken shoulder and having to go through a place like Liberty House, which is where I ended up, thanks to you guys and MAP and Buddy Arnold and Music right. Cares. You know, that slowed me down, you know, because I could have been that relapsing guy, you know, I'm going to, you know, go for this. Could have been the Bob. Money. You could yeah. have done, you could have done Bob's version. A long time. And that was my <laughs> one, and that's the only time I'd been in any program or anything and i you know it was how just long a did you climb. stay at liberty house uh 53 weeks i wrote an essay on it wow <laughs> how much that's like that's 12 amazing. months 12 months in one week oh i got my, my God. Uh, exit papers and i they don't sorry do larry Latrell, but i kind of bs'd a little bit as everyone does nobody about stays. where i was gonna live nobody map? and wait a minute i want to know did matt pay for that whole thing they only paid for three months then okay. music cares paid for four months then I got a freaking one-handed painting job with my old, <laughs> my, old my old contractor, Jim Burke, who had a bunch of my sister's friend who from Santa Monica and started working. And then I worked for Wade Co. Wade. And you Gordon paid and rent guys. at Liberty House? Then I paid seven fifty a month. See, that doesn't happen now. They want to do See, Mike's, days. Mike's 12 stepping now and he's trying to help all these kids. <laughs> right. And look at that's the look at the look on Mike Bart's face. He's he knows that every kid he's trying to help would never do that. They would never do that. <laughs> that's what you they gotta do. They don't have it. You I'm gotta so, be a fucking 38-year-old man. I walked it. in that front door and there's 21-year-old kids. Hey, come on in, Chuck Hart. Come on in. And you don't go out, you go out the back door and through the lock through the garage for 12 months until you graduate. Now I've got like red carpet status. You know, I go to, I go do stuff for Larry the Trail and Liberty House and they're the Liberty still Ranch. Open. The rehab he went to is still open? Well, they're in Kentucky now. He moved his whole operation. Kentucky! And they're dealing with all the fentanyl and lots of young wow, people Wow, we got to promote them. So I go Liberty there, House is in Kentucky? Liberty Ranch. And he's got two or three it's ranch houses. And I go out there and they, they have... They had the Purple Gang come out with Smog and Tony. Oh, and, really? You played? Yeah, we played a bunch oh, of gigs for them. But that's you know, awesome. Man. He, he hasn't been able to do Smog it. Smog so cry but help let, for a really long time. Smog yeah. stayed in cry help for like six, eight months. Yeah, but 10 he months. stayed sober for like nine years out of that. So yeah. length of stay is important. But le length, as long as you're connected, you were connected. So I want to talk about the Liberty House thing because. Because, you know, we can go on and on, drug dealing, drugs, but, you know, everybody should know how to do them and how what that world looks like. But I'm mostly focused on recovery today because your recovery is magical and mysterious and awe-inspiring to me. And that's why Thanks. I wanted to have you on. So, so the people that were in there at Liberty House, I remember that gang. It was Andrew Clark, still sober, 20 years later. How long has it been? 20? 20 years. 20 years. Um, Brian Forsyth. Who, Brian's still sober. Peter Gillibreth. Uh, Think about that. This area have with twelve beds, and four of the guys are still sober twenty years later. Chris McMillan, the guy who invented the uh, what's her name from uh, Friends, the flop, Jennifer Aniston flop. He's still got a you know, he lives in Beverly Hills. He's a hairdresser guy. <laughs> There's a lot of eccentric oh, gay guys in there, their hairstyle called. You know the guy. <laughs> let me tell you another joke. You'll you'll have a good laugh. So is half the people you know, in there. You know Darren Cavanaugh. That's amazing. The guy who does one eight hundred no cuffs because yeah. nobody looks yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. He's from Liberty House. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and it sounded him. <laughs> that is the coolest. Story so we're talking ever. about a rehab in nineteen. 19... But there's guys that passed away too. Derek Frigo. You know, there's a lot of alumni guys that passed out. There, but, but I mean, I've never seen. I thought it was only you and Andrew and Brian. So I'm thinking three out of twelve is good. That yeah. there's. I mean, there's guys six. that went for only a couple months and didn't do the whole graduation process. Ron A. He lives in Finland now. He stayed sober. You know, Tim I mean, R. Tim, Tim okay. uh, 
Frenchie, I'm Tim assuming R, uh, you have nothing. I'm assuming you have Timmy. nothing to do with modern rehab. Is that correct, sir? No, just okay. I so that, that never place. happens. No, you, huh? you get zero out of twelve, almost guaranteed. Well, the Liberty Ranch people have commitments, and they have people that stay on, and they have a good family of alumni. So you and think graduates and you stuff. think length okay, so, of stay is the key? Okay, so it how helps. old were you though? I was 38. Yeah. See, there's a big difference from, from 20, twenty and thirty-eight. 20 yeah, but 30. they got a lot of young guys that are staying. You know, they'll they, they they get a life. You know, they want to change their life. I mean, but like Bob always says, is you know the best chances are people that come in that are a little older, maybe forty. People yeah, that want to really get sober. Do. That's what we do best at Aloe. It's like people people that understand what's up. But the problem of the opiate crisis epidemic, whatever you want, tsunami of death, the young people. Yeah, is it's all twenty year olds. Yeah, and how do you convince a twenty year old that life is worth living? That that there is another way. Um, you know, it's, your story, I, I just can't tell you how important your sobriety was to me because it looked like, oh, I got sober and I washed dishes. reason why I washed dishes is because Frenchie's got it way worse. I hate to say that. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It, it was wasn't any, any way I could compare. Like, oh, look at the kids are out on the trampoline that you built, Frenchie. Yeah. So that's another Painting thing 20 years later. So Good I'm, job, Frenchie. I'm Frenchie's. Uh, customer or friend or client. Uh, roommate, client, bandmate. Well, because of my good trustworthiness and all of that, I work for a lot of. Uh, you you know, shored it up with nice a brick right there. It looks are, pretty strong. Yeah. That's Bob. Hi, there's Level. Sydney jumping on the trampoline. Hi, kids. She's like, see how uh, she's dressed like Michael Jackson. Yeah, I see that. She's got the awesome. hat and the and the jacket. Nice. So Frenchie built that. Frenchie built our bathroom shower. But you're a you're a you're a handyman of all sorts. Carpenter, painter, blues man. There you go. Nah, playing the blues yes. harmonica don't don't Doesn't raise two girls. Nah, you don't so. make the money doing that. And you're two for two as a parent, <laughs> which is what I just always rate things. I'm uh, you know, what you want to create is adult functioning, independent, autonomous adults. That's what your job is as a parent, and you've done a great job. An amazing job. The lovely sand dunes. I know. But just next who, generation. Just who of, Clarice is. You can tell she's she's just an independent. Yeah, you've done such a great job, man, person, as a dad. Right? And so and now we, it's your we time. relate to that so much. Now it's your time. The kids are grown. Marina's still got a year and a half, but she's, she's doing 17? great. She's 17? She'll be 17 next couple months. Got a car? She's permit drives as much as she can when she wants to scary <laughs> is that scary nah elijah never wanted to drive elijah didn't even get a driver's license until she's he was on like a, 25 she's on a little that's bit more a, of a fast that's track a millennial right there oh my god i don't need to get a driver's license yeah. can you imagine people will give me rides can't <laughs> no. you can't be a middleman without a car in la <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know that pager. There are, I don't know now, that there are middlemen. Okay, nobody so, nobody so knows have, what a pager I have was. A little bit, I have a little bit of a question and, and it kind of I, I had never actually heard the story. Leading up to the national anthem, what prompted Bob to like ask you to come out there and play? And did you guys do a bunch of drugs? And then what happened afterwards? Where well, did you well that about? whole thing it was We were on tour, so we were already gonna and I heard Guardia was one of the people at Capitol that suggested our name or something. But it was going to be him, but he needed somebody, you know. With so drugs? I, I, no, no, not I that. We were on this, tour. We well, were, it was, it was going to be at a time when we were back in town for, for two okay, weeks Okay, first, or were you guys really high? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we were buzzed. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. But, here's, but here's we were supposed happened. to practice, and I kept telling him. Bob, you think we should practice national anthem? When we were on the tour bus. And of course, you know, nah, put it off to another day. Put it so I practiced it and figured it out. It's a hard song sure. on harmonica. And then the day of the thing, he wasn't ready, basically. <laughs> and he was scared. And as Lee said, he drank his ass off. I and- got scared because, well, there's lots of factors. One was we were at war, right? So everybody forgets we were at war. We had a, the, the Kuwaiti uh, Iraq Somalia war, thing. Right? It, was, it was Armed and Services Night. That yeah, night. it was Armed Services Night. On top night. of all the, I didn't know that part of it. But I'm very anti-war. There's Bad never, mojo. There's never been a war I haven't been against. 
So I knew that in the middle of this wartime thing and this, the, what was the beginning was of the, the best national anthem the, ever. I wanted to do a sad civil war, <laughs> you know, depressing version <laughs> of it. On Mike. And I wanted to emphasize that the song is about war and bombs <laughs> blowing people's <laughs> body parts apart. And I wanted, yeah. to, I wanted, and you and I had the role that. model of Marvin Gaye. I wanted to do a Marvin Gaye version of anti-war protest national Andy. anthem, but I didn't want to practice. And he was, <laughs> he was under investigation. And everybody is supposed to get. And this. I was under investigation by with the, the Secret, Secret Service, Service for threatening George <laughs> for Bush Senior. Bush. Yeah, and so, and all that culminated in the night before I sat in my apartment smoking crack reciting it out of that book that i'm holding in the video yeah <laughs> and so here's words. here's a a, a point of uh, for a, a learning thing for everybody so you sing from the left from the right part of your brain the creative part of your brain you think from the left part of your brain <laughs> so all i did was smoke crack all night in my little apartment on melrose and la brea and recite it out loud oh say can you see by the dawn's early light what's proudly we hail unto dun 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 but you so never I, actually I did, tried to i never sang it and <laughs> then when the i went to sing you know, it so i'm hard part <laughs> when i went to sing it my brain flipped from left to right brain and there was nothing there <laughs> <laughs> except for a lonely civil war harmonica player <laughs> <laughs> it does, come, like off. 10, it does come off as lonely and civil war-ish yeah it sure does especially with the booze <laughs> the wounded the booze and the bombs of so then, you guys suck it compounded even worse because I'm known as this commie leftist anti-war guy and it's it's I didn't know it's 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 armed services day oh where everybody God. in the armed services gets into stables or to, to the basketball Sports game arena. for free of the course so it's all soldiers and their families, and I'm fucking up the national anthem. <laughs> Why didn't they but get I it? Did Why good. didn't they get the Civil War? <laughs> Frenchie did good. He played on. Frenchie played on. He did. I saw. Yeah. Truly. Rich Murata said the harmonica player had it, right? <laughs> so uh, so yeah. afterwards, we were there with, um, what's his name? Tall guy. Jim uh, Iggy's son. Eric Benson. Eric. So yeah. we were there. There Eric came with you, us. And then me and Eric were walking out because I went back to my seats and people were throwing shit at me. Where did you go? <laughs> I went to my seats too, but then you went to go get a beer and they hassled you in the lobby, but then they realized that they couldn't wait, sing wait, it wait. either. Tell me this story right here. They tackled Bob? No, they hassled they were him. They were hassling me and they were but then pushing they me around. And then Eric was with me. Who Eric is really tall. Iggy's his dad's really short. He's really tall. And he just walks away. I'm like, back me up here. There's two Marines going to beat the shit out of me. And he just walked away. And were you, you like, I'm just, sorry, well, I'm sorry. No, I, I just ran. And then I ran outside and left and went home. <laughs> Running is good. <laughs> when you got two Marines on yeah, you. Okay, well, I got home and the, the you know, it was the, the whole... The blower was just blowing up the ho the phone, which is ring ring. For the kids at home, five. there was an actual <laughs> home phone. It was a home phone, <laughs> <laughs> and it was Pete Weiss put it on channel five. And they saw so the ten o'clock news had the, the oh. footage from Houston through a VHS through a satellite back to L.A. to the news stations. And by Ooh. eleven o'clock news, it was like the lead for and then Fred now Rogan. it's right up there with Roseanne Barr. Yeah, it's equal to that. We're lucky that she Brent came here. right away and yeah, kind of yeah. took our gloss away. She, yeah. she, um, hers was within. She, a she was really months. kind to me too about it too and then there was a thing where <laughs> camaraderie I, well she was she was married to tom arnold at the time who was a friend of mine so she um and i were supposed to go on arsenio hall and sing it together and do it right but then they realized what a commie i was and that i was under investigation <laughs> with secret service and nobody wanted like the Secret Service were following me around. Oh, you saw them. Frenchie's yeah. like, you can't come to my house anymore. There's like, <laughs> <laughs> guys in black cars. They were. Down they front. were. And and that trails back to when we were in that tour. They we were, were following DC us the whole time. At and the then 930 just to bring club. everybody up around the country, Bob had made statements or something to the fact that somebody should somebody should do something about Bush. Or something. No, yeah. We, yeah, we were in D.C. at the uh, 930 club for all you D.C. punk rockers. And, uh, yeah. I don't know if it was See the My Grave or, you know, where he gets talking and bullshitting <laughs> on stage. And he's, fuck Bush, I want to kill Bush. <laughs> Something like that. But it was in D.C. And, you know, oh, rumors got nice. back to the... Uh, 
to the head honchos and the powers that be, and they started investigating his ass and, and following. He us did around. some interview for some other thing, and but, but the that, guy on MTV. Yeah, and it the, wasn't the first those, time. Remember those said uh, it MTV News? The singer of Bob Force has been investigated by the uh, Secret Service. So then we're on this whole tour. This is all simultaneous. To, it's us in Soul Asylum, and Soul Asylum is blowing up. They're going Huge. from a club band to a stadium band. And the and we all were friends, and we all partied all the time. I don't know if you were the middleman for some of those guys. but <laughs> Not in L.A., because they were in their town and yeah, but, a lot. But, Minneapolis. So yeah. then they got nervous, you know, because we'd stay at the same hotels and be doing drugs together. And then, uh, and then I remember Carl, the bass player, said... We're, walk, we're walking into the hotel in San Francisco where the pool is outside, right? And I'm walking with him and he goes, I don't want you coming to my room because the Secret <laughs> Service are sitting by the pool waiting for me. <laughs> and they're pretty obvious looking guys. They're really obvious about it. They don't try to hide it. No, nah, they're like suits and glasses and we look it's like men in black. Men in black. It was yep. exactly that. For this idiot. He's <laughs> 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 the most harmless person in America. Guy but with it was, the mouth. <laughs> it was a, that was a fun one. And then, you know, the, the general Well, stories. the problem when we would go on the road, and you know this, was that we, we would either have to be kicked or bring something. To, Bup- we would bring that stuff and shoot it in our muscle, the stomach. Right, right. Bup- Some kind of, yeah, from Dr. Howard Mark. Mark, <laughs> <laughs> I still remember the guy's name like it was yesterday. Anyway, he was a savior. He was in North Hollywood, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't pushing bad drugs. He was actually trying to get people off with that yeah. buprenorphine Bupernix. shit. He was making his money off it or whatever. But so you know, Pete Weiss would have seven vials, and you know, you could break them down and wean that yourself until you you know through the Midwest. As soon as we got to New York City, where we really knew where to get drugs, we would be back on the heroin. Yeah, if you or could Chicago do Chicago with yeah. John, remember that guy John. If you could do, he's so you could do now coke with so the alcohol, John. Yes, with the bar, bar. through the yes. bar stool, through yes. the window. He's sober. I didn't like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> if you remember could that do, Bob? remember he was like, yeah. uh, did, you know, like egging everybody. Well, he's a drug dealer. If you yeah, could yeah, do coke yeah, and alcohol, you could survive. But if you Mike were, was, once you were a thing. heroin or opium addict, and you had those four, seven, six, seven days to get from the West Coast to somewhere where you could score, you were you needed to. Tone it down, you know. So what you happened that So night? this guy I, would like because I was really drunk. I'd be sick, and then I'd beg for somebody to give me some. But but John Church, his name was or something in Chicago. He was a great guy. You know, you didn't like him. You don't like anybody. You have to be subordinate to. Exactly. I just want to tell you. <laughs> you, you have that was, exactly right. I was subordinate to Frenchie. He's a harmonica player you in my band. No I would with it. I can't deal with it. <laughs> Except for I'm the one who got booted off the tour in Europe. So <laughs> they couldn't you kick really? you out. Well, they, oh, they couldn't kick me out. Yeah. Oh, let's tell that story. There's That's another kind of good a one. long story, though. Okay, but. well, I could do a synopsis of it. So I'd fallen in love with a gal in Belgium, and we were in Holland. And so, and Frenchie was, everybody trusted Frenchie more than me, even was my though birthday. I was the main person, I thought. But so, you know, so I said, Frenchie, go get the keys to the little Mercedes Benz van. And he did. No, no, no. We woke, I woke up in a strange town, drunk with piss was in my I pants. Was I driving? Yeah. I was Because driving. I fell asleep in the stupid thing. <laughs> Overnight, I fell asleep. How we ended up with the van? Was the equipment in it? And her purse with all the money and all the passports. <laughs> and the and- cops hassled me. And you and the Dutch girl or Belgian girl finally walked up while I was about to get arrested. Yeah, and, well, and that's she a, talked our way out of it, and then we called. They took us to the station, and they called the hotel. But we missed the only the one gig. awake was Dick Stanny. I think we missed Dick Stanny. Was the like best memory out of everybody here. I think he missed. We missed the gig. We missed and the they gig couldn't completely. Fire me, they, so they sent him home. Oh my god! <laughs> and that was the peak of my musical career. My first time and only time to Europe. I was really looking forward to coming back excited. to play you Pink Pop, which Lester and the Red Devils, everyone played. And, and then you came and, back and you're like, no, no I didn't get to go to Pink Pop. I didn't get to do it. And I, that was oh, 93 Pink or so. Pop. And that's I, a, that's a that great was the festival. same year as the National Anthem. But you know, but, and I continued to use for five more years. So that was my peak. That was getting worse. It was worse. slowly down. Yeah. But, but let's just go into the details. So, so why did we not get back in time? What held the Because we thing drove up? all the way to Amsterdam. Well, no, <laughs> to Antwerp, Belgium. No, you, I woke up in Antwerp. And you took, <laughs> then when we finally sorted it out and we called the hotel and they go, 
okay, yeah. And Dick Stanny answered, yeah, we know who they are. And he, the guy oh, ran away. Oh, we got arrested in Belgium. Well, we didn't get arrested, but they took, they made us follow him to the station and the girl spoke <laughs> the language. And and then we were free to just go. So you were like, this well, was let's a rock go. and roll thing. We got all the money and let's, let's take your pay because Chrissy left the money and her purse and all our Chrissy, the road manager, all of our yeah. stuff in the van, which I had opened the door because I had pee. Oh, on all the, the money, all the band money was in the van. So uh. you wanted to go to Amsterdam. <laughs> oh my God! And there's no MapQuest in 1993. And no. the Dutch girl or the Belgian girl, he gave her drugs. Francois, her name was. He gave her drugs that afternoon when we found the dealer. Oh, I did. So we couldn't. F- and she started barfing and almost ODing, and we couldn't find our way. We had to navigate ourselves back without a Dutch person. Yeah. There's so, so many of these stories, too. They had checked out at 3 p.m., but and this the is what got canceled. This is significant because Frenchie got fired from Thelony Sponsor. That's bad for all of us. I don't know who's... I didn't have He's a boat. the other guy that got fired. <laughs> yeah, the, the two of you. There's two of us. Oh, I love I'm you, putting Frenchie. my hand up. I'm the I'm the Stephen <laughs> the Adler of Thelonious Monster. <laughs> right. Got fired from a great band. Wait, the there's another gets- story. Speaking of Stephen, so were you there when I said, I'm just going to go see Guns N' Roses? They were playing in another city, and then I got back to our show late, and you guys were already playing. And Chrissy, the road manager, was that why a, you left? Yeah, she poured a whole thing of beer That's on my head. That's the same night. That's the night before <laughs> this all happened. Guns N' Roses was playing. I was like, oh, well, they're playing a stadium show, so they're playing early. I'm just going to go see those guys. I'll be there in time. I got there like an hour after they started playing without me. I sang, oh. I sang the sang. first six or seven songs like... <laughs> I live in a nice house. All the songs I knew the words for. Yeah. And the crowd didn't even know. Then this bum comes on stage and elbows me because he had his hat on and his big jacket. And it was him. He sh- showed up. He took a fucking cab then, from Antwerp yeah, or something. I took a cab to some little Like a hundred clicks is what it's called. A hundred kilometers. And I was at bucks the or Guns N' Roses gig. And one of the guys, I don't know if it was Duff or somebody else, said, aren't you playing tonight? And I had forgotten, kind of. <laughs> you know, I'd went there with the intention to go see those guys because I love Guns N' Roses. Go see them. They play at like eight fifteen because it's a like a soccer so we arena. Or something. And we play. And I said, and then I forgot that we were playing until one of those guys said, "Aren't you playing tonight?" Because I'd probably set up when I got there. Yeah, I got to get out of here because I'm playing tonight. And so that's March. Like, so it's just like the Robin Crosby story where you're going, where you're with Robin Crosby, and, and he's, he's like, Salt Lake. Oh yeah, yeah he got to play tomorrow. <laughs> he forgot that he had to play tomorrow Europe in Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, so Detroit. he ended up so late, but. It was the second to the last night. The last night was going to be Louvre in France, which I never made it to France. Never been to France. And my name's Frenchie, even though I'm not. Oh, but uh, so that was sorry. my birthday <laughs> night, the night before. So the crew. <laughs> we kicked him out on his birthday. No, yeah, the crew. <laughs> Just before the name. The crew wanted to uh, get me drunk and do a big send off, those Dutchy crew guys. Oh, right. And, that's, and you were late, and she poured the pitcher on your head. And by then it was, you know, I had already pulled off half the set, and it was chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> Bob got the beer poured over his head. But it ended up being a bad night because I got really drunk on hard alcohol. Oh my and that's God. I fell asleep in the van when we got to the hotel. He took the keys, didn't realize I was in the back seat. And that's when I woke up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know the how, next I got, morning. how anybody could let me have the keys to the van with all the I band money in it, and all the them. equipment. And, and a guy sleeping in the back seat. I woke up from Brussels to, and I smelled sea, sea ocean, you know, ocean air. <laughs> that was the most confusing day of my life. I knew it was my birthday and I knew I was hungover and I knew I had peed my pants a little bit, but I was so freaked out that I was in a different town. You were, that's in, when, you were, I got news for you. You were in a different country, brother. Oh God. That's and I've great. never been back to Europe. So all you euros, if you want to have a good harmonica player, come back and the, the, Go to France. Yeah. yeah. We'll go there go. someday. Yeah. But right now, so look at my two little ones out there jumping on the things. The sun's coming out. Nice. Look at that. Yeah. That is. Is that a Charlie Brown so sweater from, too? From, you, guys, you, you at home can't see it. So I have this, this place where we have the studio where it has sliding glass doors, and you can see my kids playing on the trampoline that Frenchie built. Um, and we're talking about what our life was like loaded. Look at what our life is like now. You have right. two beautiful daughters that are grown, and they're not addicts, and they're beautiful, just courageous and amazing. Clarice then, is a great singer. Yeah. yeah, she is a great singer. You know, I it, it's so 
Amazing. We we all. His daughter has a band called Go Ahead. It's Lonely Sand Dunes. Lovely Sand Dunes. Lovely Sand Dunes. Which and I didn't get. You know, LSD. It's LSD. I was like, wait a minute. So they're playing in Pasadena, and we and so we went and and saw her, and it was all like the people were telling stories about thirty years sober, twenty years sober, right? Some not sober. That was the thing that stood out. There was one guy in particular that was not sober, right? I guess I, I don't remember. Last well, year, when we were, were you there? nervous, Dad? When she was playing bit, that yeah. concert, that so she's playing play. at this great place, and they were amazing. And all her friends, she's friends came, or all the people that know Clarice from her growing up, and we're all sober. Drac, and uh, Dave yeah. Lee and Lisa. Speaking of middlemen, yeah. <laughs> drug dealers, yeah, like, whatever. Like so. It's just amazing, and that's why I want these kids not to die, because you never know. I never expected... You think in the middle of all that chaos that we just described in Europe, I expect to be sitting here with the two of you guys, all three of us sober over 20 years, and looking at my kids' plan. Mike's got a, beautiful no, family. We, uh, we, uh, we thought we would probably die, but we weren't going to commit suicide. I didn't want to die. Because we I wanted curious. to have fun. I wanted to go but to another... I, I could wanted, never do that to my Irish mother. That's no, why I never you know, thought here, we were going to live this long. Here's the thing. I don't know if you've ever even seen the documentary, but in the documentary, Flea calls Frenchie the fucking drug dealer, right? You don't know if I've ever seen Bob well, the Monster. Well, there's other parts of it which are much wiser. Right, everybody focuses on oh, they call him uh, the harmonica player, then they call him the fucking drug dealer, right? And Anthony says something that's really profound. He talks about the national anthem, and he goes, "I didn't think it would affect him. Everybody's saying it's going to affect him. I just figured he's on to the next, the next adventure. Thing, yeah. uh, that's all life was to me—another adventure, another day for cra crazy, chaotic adventure. That's not how drug addicts see things today. They see days as as." Uh, Burden, burdensome and problematic and impossible to manage. You got to have thick skin there's and they have thin skin nowadays. There's a different mentality about what life is. I really just thought the next adventure They'll roll off you the next last thing roll off you. next thing i finally got back to that hotel and a little bit about narcissism i didn't even know that frenchie got fired i just thought he was fed up and went home because <laughs> 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 so many people got fed up and went home i had to sit next to chrissy the whole flight back the <laughs> road manager that we oh, took all got, the money yeah, from she, and she's people, friends of ours now people get fed up and, and yeah. quit all the time yeah. like brian remember brian the sound guy, he just quit in the middle of Texas, like got out of the the old monster bus. That thing. I quit in Boston. Yeah. <laughs> the sound man just walked away at a truck stop and said, I'm fucking done with this. Oh, that's excellent. And I was just like, we don't need a sound man. No, but that <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brian, I forget For whatever his last reason, name. Bob, I always had faith in, you know, your talent and your, your sense of humor and your... Even though you're a whining fucking baby <laughs> bitch from the fucking desert. When I'm dope I knew sick, you were special. When I'm dope sick, I'm a whiny baby. Yeah. yeah. That's what Pete always emphasized. You're such a whiny baby. Yeah. I was dope sick, and I, whining and being a baby was and, and, uh, the best coping skill I had to get well. Yeah. And Frenchie was always there for me. You know how many hundreds of times he got me well when I was irresponsible and I didn't have money? That's a, that's a deep And you connection. never got 86. The only guy that got 86 was... Uh, was a uh, Dougie? <laughs> hey, I told you. Don't you, let him back I in told my house. You, you shit your shirt that one time. Yeah, I shit my shirt a couple when, times. When, when oh, he got God, back in the van. Those stories. After, <laughs> you didn't even want to hear those stories. After, Poor George <laughs> had to leave your pants in a dressing oh, yeah. room in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. George. Poor girl George was there. another road manager destroyed by Thelonious Monster. Um, he was sober and had it together, and he was a he was a high functioning guy when he took over command of spaceship Thelonious Monster, <laughs> yeah. oh and God. he was homeless and naked. But he's turned it around the since then. But he's ill right now, so <laughs> it's true. Speak well of George because yeah. he's not. He's been. He's got no, some, no. He's the greatest guy. Stuff, yeah. But we just had a way of destroying people's lives. Yeah, I mean, but, but there was no like intention to do that. There and there it was, was a, just there a was rough ride. There was self destruction and that self sabotaging, but with a tint of no way. I'm still think. Remember what you that one thing when someone compared you to Dylan or something? You go, "Fuck yeah, I am." You know, there was like that. <laughs> that there was self sabotaging, major self sabotaging, but not to the point of forgetting that 
I'm I'm badass, so you know I'm well, gonna well, I'm gonna do something. I am having an ego, but There's I don't ego. I don't have that ego so much anymore about songwriting. No, I, I kind of I'm older and different. But the thing that has grown over the last ten or fifteen years is because there's so many books about that era, like the Thelonious Monster was what most people think Guns N' Roses and the Chili Peppers were, as far as drugs and debauchery and chaos. We were what those bands wish they could I mean, it was like, just It just gets different. blown was, out of proportion and romanticized. It was a little lame. We were a little bit lamer. There was just nothing like it. That that couple of years that you were in it, there was nothing like it. Yeah, it was Wasn't crazy. every day and, like... And I mean, you were, you were already... He was in it when it was more organized. It was more organized when he was in it. Yeah. It I was a fucking pirate ship by the time Frenchie got into oh, it. Oh, yeah, that could be true. And I, and I left stuff on the table. I could have been playing with Bateman and the yeah, Red yeah. Devils, or I was still playing with... The DIs were kind of... Going down the hangman. I think Xander and I issues. were off doing the low and sweet yeah. orchestra. Or you were just beginning that. Beginning yeah. That. So so I kind of just okay. Well, I'll just go with, go off with Bob. And plus, I get to travel because <laughs> <laughs> I had already been touring a lot with you know. Just I would just go on my own vacations just to go to the Eastern Seaboard and then hang out with TSOL, hang out with Top Jimmy. I would tour the whole Eastern Seaboard with Top Jimmy and play yeah, all right. the time with Jimmy. Was that he was sitting how down I, then? You know, we got to no, find no. better videos because I talk about Jimmy so much and Chrissy, my wife, is kind of obsessed with Top Jimmy and she wants to know everything about him. And there's horrible videos where he's sitting in a yeah, chair and no, he, he looks like 100 years old. Yeah, he was Where are the out. great videos of him when he was fucking Top Jimmy? Nobody had video cameras. Nobody had, yeah. you know... 81 82 yeah he was no video fine cameras? he was getting he got but a, you played with him when he, he was got a in a fight with carlos guitarlos in dc uh, because he had a toothache and we used to call we, his nickname for a while was abominable remember abominable <laughs> snowman yeah with I that toothache with top jimmy yeah. I, was, I played a show me and him acoustic at at, at uh Raji's one did time. he sit down i don't know i don't i not there's well, all this these was full videos, rhythm pigs band there's all these with joey videos. and gil well, where and are those on youtube somebody needs to post those videos yeah. of how great they were because i talk about them they were the greatest band i ever saw live they were amazing and then you go on the internet and you google top jimmy you see this old dude in a, in a farmer john outfit yeah. sitting in a chair with frenchy <laughs> playing harmonica yeah, yeah, yeah. it's I like kind of depressing <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i mean but what what were the greatest bands that you liked back then? Like, well, I loved X and the Blasters and Los Lobos and the uh, the Plugs when the Plugs were the Plugs when the Plugs were the Plugs. Did you go to that them. rock and roll swindle movie thing that they played outside of when the like the only time the rock and roll swindle movie in Century City? In Century City, yeah, I was yeah, there. I was there. Maybe, the plugs yeah, played outside yeah. on the right outside the. But on I don't. The Charlie just Big died, fan. right? Yeah, he it's died so about a year sad. and a half ago. Or so, but there was two different plugs. Do you I remember that song? The plugs had that had the numbers in it. Went, went like yeah, the six, numbers, four, five, the numbers. Is that what the song? I think called? so. Is it's now? It's not on any record. I know it's hard to find. But oh, the better God. luck, so better amazing. times, better days, better something. That was a good Agent record Secreto. too. But um, so the plugs blasters you Most know what's well, coming up now because of all the freddie mercury celebration is the is the blasters had opened for queen uh, and they recorded with them there's a picture of them oh cool yeah i didn't know that queen and the blasters wow how weird is that queen and the blasters i still yeah. see david alvin all the time i, I worked for fire i was in streets of fire with those with the oh, blasters <laughs> streets of fire was, that was a good paycheck a good, man yeah <laughs> That was good. Not that a was good like movie. Two weeks at that was Universal. not a good movie. It was a good paycheck. <laughs> it was a for great Mike. movie. What are you talking about? I've you never. Know, hey, have you, you know seen who it? I was in the I've movie with? Bob Spider Middleman. Us right, oh, right up with Spider Middleman. He's dead. Yeah, he was in. So he was sober. But who was Chucky Weiss's band? Was great. There's so many good bands back then. I saw Chucky a couple of weeks ago with the kids. And um, he told this story. He goes, I don't want to I don't want to talk out of turn, but it's a miracle seeing you with these kids. And he told Chrissy, yeah. you know, my favorite ex uh, explanation of who Bob was is well, I used to close up the Viper room some nights. Right. And Bob would always be there just sleeping on the couch or something. When it was the central. And, no. And it was a Viper, oh, Viper room. again. And he said. And I said, come on, Bob, we got to go. And we're walking out the door, and he drops this Jägermeister bottle that he had hidden in his coat, smashed on the ground. And he said, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. 
And that about he said I wasn't even mad at him. He was stealing a fifth of booze from our club, but I wasn't yeah. even mad. Right, right, right. But Chuck, what yeah. are you doing now? So you just you just take care of people's houses and and do do. Yeah, I mean, work? just to, because you know rents and you know I, I've got to make make my money per week, and I had this. But now you might, you're going to have an empty nest soon. Is Clarice live? Uh, well, I have herself? a beautiful girlfriend, and she's got you know she's going to back to school to be. She's doing a paralegal thing, so she's you know planning her life. Are you going to stay gonna... in that house, or are you have an Altadena? Or are you going to? I don't know. I a... hate my landlord, so eventually I want to get out of there. A couple more years. So is till, Clarice till living with her? Yeah, guy? Clarice has a room at the house, but she's mainly in Glendale because that's where her little lifeguarding job is, and they've got their record coming out. And yeah, you know, I know. they're, they gonna, went they're to playing Detroit. again in a couple weeks. They so. went to Detroit to pl- to make yeah, their record with the guys that uh, originally managed Greta Van Fleet. I, I got that. But yeah. she's not super hard, you know, she's more hippie, trippy, yeah, no, mazzy star. Uh, you know, it's like Fashante too, let's face it. Well the guy the he's kid, a, the kid he loves Fashante. Fashante. So but I think it's good that Clarice sings real her. words and they're oh, linear yeah. and they're and she's got a lot of Bob Forrest ish lyrics. I she love I love lyrics. that. I love it. And so so you know, it, it, it's she's strange. a big fan of yours, obviously. I love her. Yeah. You know, I always tell the story of babysitting her and watching Shrek. That's the first time I ever saw Shrek was with <laughs> your daughter. And yeah, Mike on. Semple babysat her and stuff when he had no clue. He was new, newly sober <laughs> because their mom kept boning out on me when I was. You know, I know. So when I was newly sober Working, and she was, you had to work and you had nobody to watch. Her. So Mike would watch. Now he has a beautiful son. Yeah, maybe I got practice with Clarice, but I just, every time Shrek, I think of Clarice. And now I've lived through Elvis loving Shrek, and now Sid is scared of Shrek. We were at Universal right. Studios. Yeah. And she, Shrek is kind of a scary looking guy. Donkey's cool, but. <laughs> donkey. But he, but he looks like, uh, Draymond Green looks like Donkey, and I hate Draymond. Yeah, we got in line to take pictures with Shrek. We were at Universal a couple weeks ago, and, and we got in up. line, and then as we got closer, she He's, started backing away. Yeah. He is kind of scary, Yeah, Shrek. But that was me and But not when it's Mike Myers' voice. He sounds bitching. Yeah, it's cool. But, but it is scary for her. She's never seen the movie. She can't watch movies. She's two. Yeah. They don't have the patience <laughs> Yeah, for no, no. So, I mean, that's what... I want to convey to addicts all across the country, uh, everywhere that I come in contact with, me and my friends, Frenchie, Mike Mart, Anthony, Flea, John, um, uh, Pete, Martine, all survived, and we all have amazing lives, and you can too. Because we're not the brain trust of America, the 12 of us. <laughs> you know what I mean? But all of us ended up living through it, and... And whatever, and and having these fun, productive, amazing lives in all different ways and all different um, kind of. Yeah, I'm never unhappy with the way I've been doing. You know, obviously, I want to play music, and you know, I haven't had my own band in quite a few years because everybody's those single dudes that are still, you know, they aren't addicts and they didn't ruin their lives, but they're still, you know drinking and and they play and they tour all the time so i don't really have but you've been playing i saw you played at that place downtown that moose i just Lodge or i just whatever. sit in with people i don't have my band what is least. the name of that place i don't know oh the redwood the redwood that's yeah. a good club that's a great place yeah. i love that but you know so that's something i you know hopefully i can put a little more time into again i've got one daughter now the next generation that's playing so she's just you know going i can live vicariously through that and she's going to be doing a lot of things in the future she is amazing. her younger sister hasn't made any decisions on what she wants to do but she's doing fine and uh again i have the girlfriend she's got two daughters shout out to maddie and charlie right. who are about to graduate high school also it's crazy you got four girls in your house no well, oh, at we one have, point she, you had four girls in that house well no they live in highland park she has a oh, cool apartment they don't live in your house? No, they have to go to school in LA Unified, and we go to Pasadena. How'd you so, get in that? I don't. Uh, she rented a place. I mean, we've been dating for about four or five years. No, but I mean, how did you end up knowing that Pasadena school district is better? I oh, I started in Pasadena eighteen years ago, sixteen years ago. By accident? Uh, just looking for places that were cheaper, get more bang for your buck. Wait, this you know, might moving. be something because I because I talk to a lot of parents, so. 
is part i don't want to make i'm not i want to take anything away from you you've been an amazing dad and you've been for there for those girls every second for 20 years but could could pasadena school district have something to do with how well they turned out um maybe i don't know i mean i just is know pasadena that I, schools are way better than LA well i've schools? raised them in the suburbs basically right i live in the we live in the suburbs we're 13 miles from downtown and you know Ten, five yeah, miles is Eagle Rock, you and you'd be in LA Unified. But but that's I'm where in the most of us of grew Pasadena. up in the suburbs, and we all became heroin addicts. <laughs> different, different. <laughs> they, we didn't have me as my dad was a drunk, right? Actively, you know, crazy drunk. You know, so that's was, maybe that's it. So you know, so yeah, they've they've just had a, a nice little sheltered thing, and then I mean, we're not you know the rich Pasadena high people. You know, we're the the working you know, down class. to earth working. You know what I always say? Man. I used to live in Encino, right? And everybody'd say, Oh, Encino, like you're rich. Yeah. And I'd say, No, north of the freeway. Yeah, and you could right. say the same That's thing. The north of side. the freeway is the poor people. Yeah, I'm Pasadena. up in West Altadena where it's like there's like, you know, rent general horseback oh, nice riders. Houses, and, yeah. Yeah, it's a I rental. Lived in Eagle Rock. And, you know, yeah. Well, Susie. And there's like a lot of, you know, old old families up there. It's kind of more run down that side of Altadena. That's but, where, well, that's where a lot of our friends settled. That, yeah. You know, I don't want to name names, but there's a lot of people not living in Hollywood anymore. Right. Including yeah. me. Yeah. So, you know, I think that wraps it up. Frenchman, you are amazing. Thanks dad. for having me. So great to see you, man, and you visit with you. You are a great partner in crime. Too bad we can't play some songs. See that my grave is kept clean. Yeah. When I was younger, one of my uncles died, my great uncle. And uh, my other great uncle, who was, you know, really close to him, was visibly up, upset, but he wasn't kind of showing it. And he kind of pulled me aside. He said, hey, uh, you know what the one guy said to the other guy when he asked him, hey, you coming to my funeral? He said, no, you're not coming to mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, used, I used to think everybody's coming to my funeral. Now oh, I, I want to be the last man yeah. standing. I want to be the Jerry Lee Lewis of this world. Well, you started the family funeral. at a very late age. I know. Yeah. I got to stay alive but, you for know, 20 years. Yeah, you'll make it. I'll make it to 78 and then I'll cash out. Let's wrap it up with how how long have you been sober, Frenchie? Now twenty years, 20 years now. Oh my December. god, twenty. It'll years. be twenty three years for me in a couple of days, and twenty six for me. Six days. Wow. In six 26, days, Bob is going to be twenty three. Twenty six, wow. twenty three, and twenty. And we were the bottom of the barrel, the worst <laughs> yeah. of the worst. Yeah. The fucking heroin dealers and chaos causers and train wreck. Cut your skin off to get the bug sample. I'm pointing oh, at Mike Mart. That was a horrible story. <laughs> and that was on a good day. That would be on a good How day. How tweaked out would Mike Mart get? Oh, oh my a, God. So tweaked out on that crack cocaine. Yeah, that was the, well, that brought me. If I wouldn't have done the crack, I would still be shooting dope today. Oh, Bob. my God. We'll <laughs> it leave accelerates it, at that. it, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, till next time, everybody. Don't die. All right. Hey, this is Bob, and you can get a hold of Aloe Treatment Centers at 888-595-0235. That's Aloe Treatment Centers in Malibu and Silver Lake, 888-595-0235. Tell them Bob told you to call.